Welcome back to the Era and Hyde show, everyone. It's been a couple weeks, but this is the podcast where two growing creators take the time to talk about all of our experiences from Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, that garbage platform, TikTok, and we share all of that information with you. And I say garbage because I'm a boomer and I don't understand how all this works because I'm going to be 27 in 13 days. Bro. How's it feel? Well, I mean, I'm not dead yet. That's an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That, that's an absolute plus, plus man. Not be dead. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I just like, the, the closer I get to 30, the more I realize that a lot of the people that watch my stream are in the like 15 to 18 range. And the less and less I understand the jokes and references to the internet that they're making. Well, I'm sure part of that is because we're from Mixer, too. So our, our no. core community is younger. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, oh, oh, that that part. Yes, yes, that part. What, what you're mm -hmm. saying, yeah, that's true. Mm. But uh, I don't really, I don't feel like I'm getting older. My body feels it, but mentally mm -hmm. I really don't. To me, it just feels like I was 18 like two days ago. I feel, I feel that like it's like it felt like high school took forever like those four years of high school were like the longest four years of my life but then <clears throat> the moment i graduated it's like life has been on fast forward yeah and then college mm -hmm. for me uh the first two years when i was at community college were super quick mm -hmm. and it was really kind it, it was so easy and i hate to like sound arrogant like that but it was so easy that i pretty much didn't i didn't have to put in a lot of effort to perform there right and then when i got right. to university it was a little bit more difficult but i was making very poor life choices so that period of time <clears throat> was also very quick and they uh when people say that that was like the best time of your life the best years of your life they meant it like life is really good for me now and i would say that my life is i wouldn't even say that my life my life is 100 percent better and more enjoyable now than it was back then but mm -hmm. the lack of responsibility while also having like the number of years that you've been alive to where people think that you're responsible enough to make more major choices like renting houses and renting cars and traveling by yourself and um, things that you can buy. Like that combination of things was really great. And now I'm kind of just like, oh, I'm an adult. I pay bills. I go to work. <laughs> All the shitty parts of being an adult. Yeah, yeah. The full-fledged... Uh, the full the part of being a full-fledged adult no longer a the college only, kid hits me differences is there's there's nothing stopping you from ordering the entire taco bell menu now bro i ate a lot of taco bell today and i am i am very lethargic because not only do i get a i burrito taco bell today too 10 minutes before the stream <laughs> or the podcast dude not only do i get a burrito with rice in it but now that they got those potatoes back i'd be putting potatoes in my burrito oh, too potatoes yeah 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 i don't know why this was. What, what was your order today Four beef burritos, add potato. Jeez. I only so ate like, two of like them. The... Two of them were for my employee. I ate two of those burritos. Okay, fair enough. That's like the old like uh, Fiesta uh, burrito. I got the the new Quesalupa, which they changed it. I used I used to work there. I used to be a manager at Taco Bell, and they changed it. So the old one was just like a chalupa stuffed with cheese, and now it's more like a like the cheesy gordita crunch, where they take like a regular taco and wrap it in a gordita. And then they just stuff cheese in between it. So I was kind of pissed with my food today because it wasn't as good as the old quesalupa. Um, so you were a manager but, at Taco Bell. Yeah. How does it feel to know that at least in one way you are you have accomplished more than Tim the Tap Man? 
<laughs> well, I, I guess that's something I can flex on him. It's like, hey, fuck off. I was a store manager at Taco Bell. Hey, guess what? Taco Not... Bell hired me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually, like, I mean, it's different sort of store. But um, in general, I got to say, like, out of most fast food places, Taco Bell was pretty solid. I mean, it was hard work, um, but I was compensated well, as well as all the uh, all of the employees. And unlike other um, fast food places, there was actually room for growth if you wanted to, um, which which was surprised me. Like Taco Bell, I'll give it to him. Like they take care of their employees, so it wasn't a it wasn't a bad job. It was just it was just fucking hard. And um, when I started uh, getting sick of it, I was like, all right, I need something easier. And that's when I switched to Subway, and then I got into streaming and all that. Um, so I would never go back. But but it was it was a solid job, and I was I was paid well. <laughs> right. It was. It wasn't what most people think fast food is. And I mean, in general, I think a lot of people hate on fast food workers, but they don't understand that if you want to start at the bottom and grocery stores or at fast food or whatever and work your way up to management, in a short period of time, you can get to the point where you're making as much as someone who graduated from college, if not making more than a person who graduated from college. Yeah, if, if you get to the corporate level, like if you can get out of the store, right? Because um, that's kind of like the the top of the food chain in the store, which is what I was at, which was store manager. Um, but if you can get past that, if you can get a corporate, like you're making like fucking salary money, almost like triple digits a year. Like right. it's, it's insane. Um, so yeah. So I, I, I'll always love Taco Bell, but uh, I am kind of sick of the menu, like the food, because I worked there for so long. I don't even know why I got it today. I just got a random craving. Um, and I saw they took a lot of things off their menu, uh, and now they're adding them back because everyone's so pissed, like the Fiesta potatoes you mentioned. Yeah, everyone um, was like rioting against Taco Bell. Because I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to like simplify their menu, I guess, make it more streamlined. They which... don't need to simplify. Everything tastes the same. You just have a choice of chicken or beef. Yeah, that, that's the thing with Taco Bell that I, that I learned quickly was it's like there's like 10 basic ingredients, right? And they're all just like formatted and combined in different ways. Or just put or inside just, of a different thing. Yeah, just put inside of each other. Like the cheese gordita crunch is just a taco put inside of a gordita. Yeah, like <laughs> you're getting the same ingredients just put in a different vessel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I would do really crazy shit while I was working there because like you get sick of the food, right? So you have to get like creative and experiment so like what i would do is i would take like a handful of steak and a handful of well not a handful but like a big scoop of like jalapeno juice right and then put it in like a little tinfoil cup and then fucking pull down the clamshell grill which it's like a it's like a flat grill right like a flat top grill but two sides so there's a top and a bottom and i would squeeze it together and just let it sit there and like burn and marinate and it was so fucking good um <laughs> <laughs> I remember one day, like, a customer, like, asked me to make it, and then, like, corporate got pissed at me because I was selling things off the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, you were just innovating. Yeah, yeah, people liked it, but, um... You were just trying to get that Michelin star. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I, I do think we should talk about why it's been so long uh, since we've done a lot of the last podcast. I'm sure people will be curious. I know people in my chat have been popping up, like, Largo and Sane are asking where the fuck the podcast at uh for me um he hates excuses, me yeah i hate air that's it that's it <laughs> now nah, um last month um <clears throat> around march 15th 
uh, Miko, Tara, came over, stayed for 10 days. Uh, she is my long distance girlfriend. Um, so that was our first time we were physically together. So obviously that was a big deal. And it was, it was amazing. If you're curious, um, it was, it's not like, like the movies where it's like, ah, like you run into each other's arms. Um, cause it would, cause we, I wouldn't say it was awkward, but it was like, we didn't know how to like act around each other that first day, but past that, it was great. Um, it was awesome. It was, it was like a honeymoon. Um, and then after she went home, just out of nowhere, like everyone needed my help, like friends and family over like little things, but all obligations, right? Like, um, like unfortunately here at the house, one of our, one of our cats got sick and I was running all over the place, taking it to different vets around the state. And then the cat died. Um, then we had to deal with that, um, paying all the bills for that. And then my brother had his first breakup. Um, so I had to be a good big brother and be there for him and all that stuff. Uh, and then I have to take my sister to work because my brother can't do it or whatever. Um, which I don't, I don't live with, with my siblings. Uh, they live with someone else. Um, and then like my dad had, had me running an errand. So it was like all these like small things, but all obligations. And it was just like every day something new. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, this week is probably the first week where I can really like get back into my, my schedule. And then I've been, I've been, I don't want to say I've been pumping out YouTube videos, but I've been like preparing YouTube videos. So I have like five in the backlog um, <clears throat> that I've been writing scripts for and all that. Uh, so yeah, that's my reason why I've been why I've been checked out. I mean, I don't really have much of a reason why I haven't been recording any podcasts. In terms of not uploading them to YouTube, it's just motivation. Finding it is tough because I've got I have an issue where I do not know how to say no. So anytime there's an opportunity that I think would be good. I don't know how to say no to it. And I kind of just roll with it. And I'm very grateful for those opportunities. Don't get me wrong. Like I've been helping Brunasaurus, one of our friends with uh, her company so that she's getting off the ground, but it is draining me because helping with that, I've got my own business to run. I have other projects that eventually Hyde and I will actually sit down and be able to work on a little bit mm -hmm. more. Um, plus other life stuff has been happening with me. Um, so it's just been tough, man. Like, like scheduling my life has become physically difficult at this point. And I would like to I be able that. to make more YouTube videos. So I kind of uh, went up. Well, I, let me back up. I went back and watched Ludwig's tips for being a streamer. <laughs> I uh, saw that. That was Don't. hilarious. <laughs> but there was Don't. one piece of information I took out of it, and that was use streams for recording YouTube content. Yeah. And I was like, genius, that's what I'm going to do. So basically my streams, when I've been streaming at like 7, 7.30 in the morning, three days a week now, um, which is a really big shift. We can talk about the, the shift and what I've noticed a little bit um, down the road of this episode. But uh, it's actually been very nice because I can, I plan out what I want to talk about for a discussion section of the stream. And then at the very beginning, we sit down and it's like, okay, we're going to record this. We're going to talk about this. If chat says anything cool, I can incorporate that into the video. And then after that's done, I just mark where it was and then I go about the rest of the stream. Uh, mm -hmm. And if something cool happens gameplay wise, I like mark it and then I can compile everything into one video mm -hmm. as well. 
Uh, and I want to like make it more complex. And since I play a lot of Tarkov, be like, here's the build that we're running today. Let's see what we can make happen with this ridiculous thing that I came up with. Mm -hmm. Or be like, here's a here's a mid-tier budget gun. Let's see if like it performs against high tier, high geared players for those people that aren't as you know rich as I am in this game. <laughs> right. I saw one funny video. I think it was on Twitter where a guy had some kind of shotgun or maybe it was like a 50 cal Beretta. I couldn't tell, but it, or Barrett, uh, but he had like AP rounds, which are apparently dummy expensive. Whatever setup he was. He using. had the 338 Lapua. Yeah. Which is a you, you it, know the video I'm talking about where yeah. he like kicks down the door and he's like fuck <laughs> like I just wasted sixty k yeah <laughs> on a scab that made dude me those laugh. bullets are absolutely insane which it, I kind of even though I haven't played Tarkov I like that concept right it's like each time you go in it's like an investment right with your loadout like how much how much is your loadout worth versus how much can you potentially get out of um of that mission that raid or whatever i like that concept yeah and um one of the videos i actually have recorded that i need to upload is a discussion about the current state of tarkov right now which is the maps are incredibly imbalanced for loot mm -hmm. you can make money on any map but the two primary maps that people would consider outside of labs where people would consider the highest tier loot in the game to be would be interchange and shoreline uh, reserve is also up there with the highest tier loot it has incredible loot on it reserve has an issue where basically as soon as you spawn everyone loots their spawns and then all the high tier loot's gone and then if you want to hang out for pvp you hang out for pvp if not you kill a raider or a scav and then you go to an extract and leave um mm -hmm. shoreline used to be the best map for loot but the keys that you need like i carry 20 keys with me and there's at least five or ten more that i could take uh are incredibly expensive i probably have about three million in keys on me at all at all times which i don't lose because it's in my secure container but the loot that mm -hmm. i'm getting out of these rooms is non-existent in comparison to the investment that was there uh so mm -hmm. now i've only been running interchange because interchange loot feels like it's been buffed at times so what the, is interchange loot it's a mall interchange is okay. a giant mall and there's so many Ledex spawns, GPU I see, spawns. I see, I see Dr. Lupo goes there a lot. Yeah, and he goes to reserve a lot too, which is like a military base. Yeah. Um, I, I, I usually tune into Dr. Lupo streams. Um, yeah, I recorded that video that I'm talking about like at the beginning of stream. I was like, all right, chat. First, we got to record this video. So here's what we're talking about today. We're talking about imbalance in Tarkov maps. And it, mm -hmm. it's really... It frees up a lot of time because I don't have to block out time to sit down and record YouTube videos. Because if you, I really had a bunch yeah, that I wanted to make, I could sit down and record them all while I'm streaming and just yeah, make that the stream. Because before it was like, you have like your your stream time, which that's where you can just connect with your audience and, and chill out and hang out. And then you have like your YouTube time, um, which that's where you sit down and have like a planned out content and video. Uh, whereas really what the, the Ludwig strategy is, you're combining both of those things into the same time, which which is pretty smart. Like I kind of did that like unintentionally with like my ghost pepper video, um, where I ate a ghost pepper on stream and then just turned that into a video. Um, <clears throat> what's What's been most consistently, I mean, not good views, but like, you know, 40, 50, 60, like whereas others may get like 10 or 20 is um hide lights which sucks because i don't want to be doing hide lights to be honest um that that's like just the weekly like recap kind of thing that i started doing 
of all my streams so it'll show you like clips from like day one all the way to the end of the week uh just the funniest or coolest moments but my community fucking like loves it um like they'll get fucking mad if i'm like a day late on a video uh and I, I am getting better with it, which I guess the good thing is it's it's giving me that pressure is keeping me consistent um, and helping me practice with with editing videos. Um, nice. Slowly but surely getting better. Like I, I had a comment on my last video saying like I can really tell like you're getting better editing, which was which was nice to read. <clears throat> yeah, I I should probably start doing that as well. Doing a weekly uh weekly mm -hmm. recap or whatever. That sounds. I mean, I, I started it because like my, my concept with it is not everyone can watch every single stream or be there for the whole stream. You have some viewers we've talked about it who like they'll be there every day for like two weeks and then they disappear for a couple weeks and they come back and they're there every day for another two weeks. So my concept with highlights was to give those people videos so that they can kind of like stay in the loop and go back and see all right what's going on and get like sort of the main key elements of my streams um while they were away nice so in terms of uh streaming maybe we should uh i don't know this isn't our own experience but i want to talk about harris heller's move to youtube and that's why we're listening to stream beats today <laughs> it it's a bit earlier than I expected, but I kind of saw it coming. Oh, I 100% saw that yeah. that it was going to happen. He's been talking about it forever. Um, and every time he brings up streaming on YouTube, he's more and more enthusiastic about it. So I didn't I didn't really expect it to go down like it did. I felt like at that point he was just like looking for an excuse to get off of Twitch. And he used a whole email debacle just to make one. Um, but I, th I think he belongs on YouTube. And I've always told people um, and thought about if I were to restart completely from ground zero, it would be on YouTube. Uh, if, if I had known what I know now, I would be very, or I am upset that I'm on a, a Twitch. I prefer YouTube. Um, but I have too strong and solid of a community on Twitch to, to want to move, which sucks. Cause it is like, we've talked about like, and he's talked about how Twitch is sort of like in its own bubble. Um, it's very hard to get people from other platforms to go to Twitch. Whereas if you're already on YouTube, you're already doing videos, you're already doing shorts, you can even post pictures now. Um, you're already doing all those different forms of content on YouTube. They don't have to go anywhere else to, to watch your live streams. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I think is kind of a genius move because he started on Twitch while making YouTube videos. He built up that following that enjoys watching him live, but he hit the peak of where he can get on Twitch because there's only so many people that are going to be willing to go to a different platform and make a brand new account to watch your stream. Right. But well, he's, def he's <laughs> definitely going through like an evolution, right? Because like th that's what's interesting about Harris Heller is he's just such a, a versatile creator and he's done so much. Obviously, he started off in the music industry and then he got into Vine and all that um and then and then twitch streaming uh and then he recognized that it was hard to grow on twitch so he started doing youtube videos and on youtube it started off as like like tech videos essentially like tech reviews and tech tips um kind of things and basic strategies to grow um and then he kind of he hit he hit that well dry right like he, he kind of covered everything he could have um and at that point it was like beating a dead horse 
So then he evolved again with uh, Stream Beats, which was massive. And he's not the only one to do it. Like, there are other, like, royalty-free or, like, a DMCA-safe playlist um, to listen to. But he he marketed it and handled it in a way where, like, everyone felt safe and secure and had a guarantee that they were good to listen to this music that and again it's music tailored for streamers right <clears throat> so stream beats was incredibly success successful and then the senpai records and now he's starting stream beats hq and all that and it's really exciting to see him uh take off um I think I think he's a streamer like a lot of people wish they could be you know what I mean I don't even consider Harris a streamer at this point like he's a youtuber who streams at this point I don't even think he's a streamer who makes YouTube videos YouTube's his bread and butter at this point right and right. I think that's but a big I'm, reason why he's he's going over there is because like I said he hit his he might have hit kind of a peak on Twitch but now that he's switching to YouTube and the fact that his YouTube channel has half a million subscribers mm-hmm he will he, the 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 amount of viewership that he can get on youtube is 10 20 fold what he can get on twitch probably well he's streaming on the harris heller account i believe uh yeah like which his... is going to be i guess more personalized content so it's another it's another channel where he can create and make it's videos more about, it's more about him uh rather than it's gonna the... end up being a vlog channel like that's what i'm guessing yeah not necessarily yeah. a vlog channel, but it's going to not be related to streaming or anything like that. It's going to be very much more personal to him. Mm -hmm. And it gives, um, it just diversifies him a little mm -hmm. bit more. Right. It's kind of like me having my, which is now Era the Casual, that channel for video games and, you know, being related to streaming, then having the Era's Mind channel where I can make content that's more about the productivity and philosophical stuff that I enjoy discussing. Like all the stuff I read in my books, stuff that really gets me thinking thoughts mm -hmm. that I write down I can express those on that channel because that content might not necessarily translate as well to getting people to come watch my live stream whereas my gaming channel can get people to come over there and if people enjoy this and they like me maybe they'll go watch that as well or if people right. find me there and they like me maybe they'll check out my other stuff I feel like with a, what a lot of streamers and a lot of content creators including youtubers um and, and other forms of content every platform struggle with is they're either super generic right like they're just like a copy and paste of the other millions of people trying to do the same thing um or they know that they need something to like latch onto. they need something to make them stand out and so they do too much they try like everything um they'll do cooking streams they'll do they'll do vlog videos they'll do tip videos they'll do tech videos they'll do meme videos like they they try like everything so they can't really have like a core community that's attached to, to something um that they can sort of surround and and focus on uh and that's what i think like uh harris heller and alpha gaming have done a good job of it, it has like a very specific and, and like distinguished um focus without uh being too uh repetitive i guess is the way to say it yeah, and there's a uh, Tarkov creator I really like, uh, Markstrom. And he just he just announced this, that he started another YouTube channel called Markstrom Plus because mm -hmm. he, I think he understands that idea that his entire core community is built around Tarkov. That's where he grew. Like, 
he streamed AZ before and that molded him is what he says. But Tarkov is where he has really seen his massive growth. Um, mm -hmm. This new channel is for his variety content. So because he's been doing two streams a day instead of one stream a day, he's been doing pretty much Tarkov in the mornings and then other stuff in the afternoon. So this Markstrom Plus channel allows him a place to put content that isn't related to Tarkov so that his YouTube channel isn't impacted by people who don't necessarily uh, want to watch his variety content. They only want to see his Tarkov stuff. Yeah, so they don't get bored and stop watching because he's doing different forms of content. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It he doesn't run the risk of hurting his analytics yeah. on that channel by uploading stuff that isn't the norm for yeah. his viewership. There, I, I think that that strategy scares a lot of YouTubers, um, but I think it's a good one. Um, it scares them because it's like, okay, you're essentially starting over again, right? Um, <clears throat> from from zero. Uh, but like what you're saying, it's a good idea because it. It's sort of, it's like micromanaging your community, right? So you have one little space for, for Tarkov or whatever your main game is, and then you have another space for your other shit. And a lot of people do that. Like, doesn't Mr. Beast have like four or five different channels? Yeah, he, he's incredibly diversified. Which eventually, mm -hmm. as I, um, as streaming becomes, this is like a if kind of thing, but this is, this is like what I'm thinking in my mind is the game plan that I would eventually want to go for. Uh, I think it's important to set those goals and have a direction of where you want to go, but not get too far ahead of yourself. So I'm actually doing this three month recap every single, every single, every three months, every quarter, I'm going to sit down and say, did I hit the goals I set for this quarter? If I fell mm -hmm. short, look at why I fell short, give myself more purpose and more direction, because that's something I think has really affected me recently especially with the schedule change and the changes to like my life schedule and my inability to consistently make YouTube videos. Like I was where I was putting out like two a week at one point with no problem. Um, I needed something to guide me. I needed something to push me in the proper direction. Um, mm -hmm. But where I would eventually like to get is that I can stream four days a week for maybe five hours. So 20 hours a week of streaming and I can do half of it or three quarters of it be a main game which i would like to be tarkov and then for the rest of it do other stuff variety kind of content or even do three days of tarkov one day of variety and be able to diversify myself in that way kind of like what markstrom's doing kind of like what harris heller's doing but mm -hmm. also be able to make era's mind content like every other week and that would right. mean that doing this would have to be financially advantageous enough for me to step back from other stuff I've got going on. So if we, if that's like way down the road, but that's eventually where I would like to go. But overall, mm -hmm. you know, the goal setting thing is, uh, I mean, it's, it's really simple. It's like, I want to, and it's things that I can control. Like there is of course the, like, I would like to hit this many subscribers and this many Instagram followers and this many, uh, Twitch followers slash concurrent viewers but i can't control those things so i don't focus on that i'm not going to focus on that as much but more like i want to consistently stream this many days i want to consistently record this many youtube segments per week i want to upload this many videos per week you know i want mm -hmm. to make this many instagram posts per week like stuff like that that i can control and then as just nailing down that dedication that discipline and that commitment to it 
eventually move into other things like okay now i want to i want I, now that i've like learned a little bit about how to grow i want to start really hitting it like okay i want to hit this many subscribers in this this quarter and really start focusing on on, on more complex stuff like that but for now mm -hmm. i just want to focus on the basics because with this schedule change it's really felt like going uh not starting over but giving myself like a new a, a new breath of life it, it gave thing, me the ability to re remold myself, I guess. One thing I've been feeling lately is like, I feel like I'm spread thin, right? Because it's like, I only have so much time, right? Because um, I stream, I have a part-time job, and I have a girlfriend, and then other social life things that, that come up. Um, and I like, I try to do YouTube, I try to do Instagram, I try to do TikTok, um, try to do all these different things. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm spread thin at times and the the quality and the frequency of my content on all of those platforms is hurt because I'm spread so thin. So one thing I've been thinking about is would it be better to, since I have such little time and I feel that way, to kind of dial it back and instead hone in on just like one or two platforms, like just like put more focus into like Instagram and TikTok or or YouTube and Twitch, you know what I mean? Um, I've always stood by the idea that Twitch is kind of the payoff for the work you put in elsewhere. If anything, right. and you were going to dial it back, this isn't me telling you what to do, man, but right now I'm just thinking out loud. An outside perspective. Open dialogue. Almost do it how I did it, where I cut back the amount of time I was live so mm -hmm. that I could focus on other platforms. Granted, I haven't focused on other platforms as much as I should. Um, that's my own fault, but figure out what you need to do to focus on two platforms besides Twitch. Because focusing on Twitch, you and I both know, does not necessarily if yield- Twitch is, if, if Twitch is your main focus, like it's not- it's it, doesn't, it doesn't yield the same reward. Well. The yeah. work that you put in doesn't yield the same reward. All right. Which that sounds super depressing. It sounds like I'm hating on Twitch. I'm saying like, don't care about Twitch at all. And that's not what I'm saying at all, but. Right, no, my, my, my main focus, like my, or my main goal has always been like, I want Twitch to be the main thing and I want everything else to be supplementary. Um, and like a lot of other streamers, they are rudely awakened and realize that to get to that point, you have to treat it as the opposite. You have to treat Twitch as supplementary and everything else as the main grind. <laughs> Twitch is almost a side hustle at a certain point. And that's the point I want to reach as well, where Twitch isn't my main hustle, YouTube and other platforms are. I, I would I would love it for Twitch to be my main hustle. Like that's 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 end goal. But like I said, I feel like you have you have to your strategy getting there has to be in the reverse. It doesn't feel like Twitch is necessarily set up to uh it does not feel like Twitch is necessarily set up to be your main thing because there is no discoverability. They mm -hmm. they don't have anything like stories. They don't if, really if have a way to connect with people on that platform when you're not you're live. Not, if you're not already on the top, you can't consistently grow. At Th least there is that, no you know. way to connect with your audience on Twitch when you're not live. Right. There is nothing for them there. Like, there's no way to go. There's no way people are going to go back and watch your VODs consistently, but they will go and watch your YouTube channel or look at your Instagram and stuff like that. Or your TikTok, because you're good at TikTok. I'm not. <laughs> I've, I've been slacking on TikTok recently, but yeah, that that's what I'm kind of thinking right now is I need to, 
I need to dial back on one of those other platforms so I have more time to focus on the others. Because uh, right now I, I'm, I'm stretched between YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I've, I've actually been doing better on Twitter, but Twitter is easy. It's just like if I'm if I'm sitting on the toilet, I'll just go through my feed and just like like and comment on anything interesting. Um, it's kind of one of those things where like things are going to happen if I read 15 minutes a day. It's like things yeah. will happen if I tweet for 15 minutes a day. Yeah, but what what I haven't really gotten down is like my own tweets. Like I'm real good at like commenting and getting engagement like in threads. But for me, like I'm not good at like making my own tweet. And I feel like it's because a lot of times I see other other Twitter users who are like, huh, what what what's what's your keybind for crouch? I'm trying to find something out, right? And you can tell, you can totally tell. It's so obvious that they're just going for engagement. They're just trying to get people to comment so that that comment so that that tweet can get engagement. And to me, that feels disingenuous and I don't like doing that. Um, whereas like it's when I, when I stream or when I post a YouTube video, I feel like I can be much more transparent with what my goals are. Um, like with streaming, it's like, Hey guys, I'm going to try to entertain y'all and, uh, it's completely free, but if you enjoy it, uh, you can support me. Whereas with Twitter, it's like, I feel like it just feels so fake and like no one actually gives a fuck. They're just trying to get engagement. Um, it's just completely for the numbers of what I see a lot other than like actual discussions within an industry like uh, like if people are having debates about like siege that's different um, but there's just so many tweets that I see are just fishing for engagement and I'm just not good at that <laughs> to me Twitter's always felt kind of like an echo chamber where the only people that that really get deep into conversation about things are are, uh, it's polarizing they're either completely in agreement with you and well, they're, like, they're repeating the same thing or they're completely against you and it turns into somewhat of an argument yeah I, f I feel like the only time twitter is an echo chamber is if you make it an echo chamber it's if you don't like seeing other opinions that are different than yours um and so you don't follow and don't interact with those people um because I, I hear that complaint a lot and see that complaint a lot that like Twitter is is an echo chamber. Yeah, but, word, but but to I'm, be I'm fair, like, the reason I say that is because most people are going to do that. Most people are not right. going to follow you if they don't agree with what you're saying. People aren't going right. to be like, you know what? I don't like anything this motherfucker has to say, so I'm going to click mm -hmm. the follow button. That's not how it works. And that's why I say it's very mm -hmm. echoey. I don't mind people of differing opinions than me. I actually prefer it. But also I engage more with like Instagram for the reason of I'm sorry to keep it to <laughs> oh, keep talking, but <laughs> the reason I engage more with Instagram is because a lot of Instagram's content is zero context. Mm -hmm. It's it's short videos or it's photos, and there isn't as much context to it. It's mm -hmm. you're creating and putting imagery out there that that leaves a little bit up for interpretation. And, and it can be purely for entertainment value. Whereas I don't one, feel like Twitter can be as much for entertainment value. One thing that bugs me with Twitter too is the cancel culture is just so toxic on Twitter specifically. Um, and don't get me wrong, like there, in my opinion, there are some creators, there are some people out there where I believe they don't deserve to have like a, like a platform. Like I think they are dangerous and do more harm with a platform. And I think they do deserve to be deplatformed. 
yeah twitter uh twitter terrifies me but in contrast instagram like i get excited about instagram and i don't know i One am thing that bothers me about instagram is is the bots every time i, I post something it's just fucking like 10 bot comments and i'm just like shut up <laughs> but go ahead that happens on twitch all the time too though that's just mm. at this point i think it's hilarious people be like do you want to be famous no not really that sounds terrifying you are banned goodbye um i don't know instagram kind of excites me because while i am i'm, I'm trying to I be more Instagram's an awesome platform i'm trying to be more confident in myself so i'm gonna say this that i am i have a lot to say and i do not think that the things i have to say are boring by any means i think i'm good at striking up conversations with people about different topics but instagram excites me a little bit more because i like that visual representation it's kind of like i really don't enjoy you probably noticed this I am a completely different person if you text me because I am not as interested in texting with people. It's like, if you want to have a long, drawn-out conversation with me, I would like to see you. Like, see your face or hear you because there's more There's more to it. There's more substance to it. And when I'm having right. a conversation on Instagram, there's an automatic direction that that conversation is going to go because if it's... When I'm on my photography Instagram page and I'm looking at what other people are posting, I can have discussions about what inspired that. Or if I'm on my gaming Instagram, I can see what other people are doing and I can have discussions about that. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily get that same level of... That's that same appeal from Twitter. Like, yeah, Twitter is literally for conversations, but when you I get don't past get... The, when, you, when you get past the bots, I feel like Instagram feels more genuine to the discussions you have on there. Yeah, because Instagram is... Instagram and YouTube are the best platforms for showing you what you probably want to see. Their algorithms mm -hmm. are perfect because the entire purpose of an algorithm on social media is to keep you on that platform for as long as possible. Um... Mm -hmm. Instagram and YouTube do that the best because I can go down rabbit holes on both those platforms for hours without meaning to. I don't. I don't know, man. Like you, you spend a couple hours on TikTok, they have your deepest psyche figured out. Dude, um, I don't know. TikTok can't get me. Scary. TikTok keeps sending me shit that I keep scrolling past because it's like I do not care about any of this. Yeah, I do not. I I think I think like Google. I think TikTok listens to you because like there's been days where it's like. Like I'll, I'll have never watched a particular like show or whatever or anime, and like I'll have like an offhanded remark while like I'm on the phone with Dara about like some anime she likes, and like the next day, like my for your page is like that anime, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's spooky. <laughs> but yeah, overall, getting close to the end of the show, but overall, you know. It's kind of interesting to sit and discuss social media and everything when we're uh, when we say that the purpose of the show is for us to discuss our experience as streamers and creators when in reality we don't talk about the stream side of it hardly at all. We talk about things that we are doing aside from streaming. Which and for me, <laughs> for me, I think that's unfortunate because I've always wanted my main focus to be to be streaming, but um nowadays and the current meta of twitch um or what we think the current meta is because that's the thing it's not an exact science and it's not like we've exactly made it yet so we're not we're not professionals we're only kind of 
reaching for the stars here. Um, it feels like to to get big on Twitch, you have to get big on social media first. Yeah, and while I wish that you know my main focus could just be streaming and playing video games and hanging out, it, it can't be. And that kind of depressed me at first. And in a way, like, I agree, it's unfortunate. But at the same time, I kind of enjoy the whole ecosystem of it. Like, it's the, definitely, it's the definitely overall weird. hustle is it keeps things from being too mundane. It keeps mm -hmm. things from being the same thing day in and day out. Right. And honestly, because for me, because I'm taking that advice of using streams as a recording session for YouTube it's kind of caused a mental shift in my brain to where I'm looking at streams in a different way. I'm looking at my streams from more of the creative aspect of what can I do differently? What do I need to do differently? What do I need to accomplish every single day instead of just going live and hanging out? It gives yeah, me, it gives me that sense of direction, purpose, right? Yeah. It gives that you're, sense of direction. You're making something out of that footage. Just making something out of that stream. Yeah. Using it in a way that's not going to get lost in the void of the internet forever. Using it mm -hmm. to create something permanent that can be there. Mm -hmm. Because another cool thing about YouTube and other platforms, I think, is it gives you kind of a, um, a timeline. It gives you a little bit of a journal. Because, mm -hmm. think about it, when you hit the point of 100,000 subscribers one day, hide, um, you'll be able to go back to when you had 100 subscribers and go in chronological order to see the, where the progression in yourself was. And I think that's right. really cool. Yeah, it is interesting to, to see the, the journey from day one to day whatever. Uh, to see how people see how people grow and how their content improves over time. Have you ever yeah. gone back and watched any of like the early videos from your favorite channels? I'm sure you have. Uh, occasionally. Um, I did that with Harris Heller um, when he posted the tour of Streambeats HQ. Mm -hmm. I went back and watched like some of the early early videos from him. The mm -hmm. difference was astounding. Night and day. Like that progression was like, oh my god, and it's crazy too because that those first videos were at the time pretty high production value even for him. So it's it's cool to see like what you think is your peak is not your peak. It just keeps getting better. Yeah, I feel like YouTube and everything gives you the ability to kind of continue to break break through where you think your 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 top of the line is. Mm -hmm. It allows you to keep pushing the bar, which Twitch allows you to do that as well, but. YouTube allows you to have visual representation of that. Right. It allows you to have like, you can go back and watch each YouTube video that you make and be like, hey, here's what I want to do differently when I edit the next video. And you can do that mm -hmm. with streaming too and go back and watch your VODs and be like, I need to do more of this in each stream. Mm -hmm. But with YouTube, I think that you, uh, you always have that point of reference. I'm, I'm still... I'm still finding myself when it comes to like, like, I feel like I have a core identity and style with Twitch, but for all the other platforms, like I'm still kind of like finding like, all right, what's my thing on those? Yeah. And how do I tie them all together? Yeah. You're trying to figure out, you're, you're trying to figure out what the overall theme of everything is. 
right yeah and I, i'm in the same position but mm. i don't know it, it's it's kind of cool it's kind of terrifying but it's kind of cool and uh i don't know i don't get as nervous from going live on twitch anymore like it doesn't really bother me to hit the go live button i don't get afraid of it you know what i mean but mm -hmm. i still get sometimes nervous when i'm uploading a youtube video like how is this gonna do am i gonna get mean comments like what what's gonna happen i used to be that way because like yeah, one problem i used to have and what i used to not post so much was is like i was very self-conscious about my content because i look at it like oh this is shit. you have to kind of get over that and be like well you're not going to get better unless you start posting and just pump out and then over time your skills um both as an editor and as a creator will improve over time um it's very slow you won't see it video to video but if you go back and watch like 10 videos ago versus now you'll see the improvement um like if i were to go back and watch like highlights 2 versus highlights 11 i'm sure highlights 11 is, is much better um <clears throat> but i kind of lost my train of thought shit help me here i don't know <laughs> i don't know either but um <clears throat> when it comes to the editing part that part okay, doesn't yeah, yeah, bother me at all <laughs> that, that's what i was saying uh so i'm not nervous about uploading a video anymore like i don't have that like oh this isn't good anymore i just, I just kind of say fuck it and just post it whatever it is but what's what's frustrating is my my expectations for a video that's going to do well um don't match up with what actually happens like i'll post a video that i think is going to get a bunch of views and a lot of people are going to be into and it's just kind of like eh. and then other videos that are just kind of like are the opposite that i think are going to be dog shit and i'm just kind of uploading it because i have nothing better to do end up popping off so it's definitely confusing um with with my expectations of what works on youtube and, and what doesn't yeah and expectations is probably the thing that uh the thing that causes me the most aggravation is the fact that I even set them in the first place. It's kind of like what right. I was talking about, the goals thing, where I do have goals on there, like how many subscribers I want to hit, how many concurrent viewers I would like to hit. But ultimately, I don't have control of those things. So trying to come up with goals that are a little bit more abstract and things that are within my control, uh, it was more challenging. But I think it's also ultimately going to end up being healthier for me. Because mm -hmm. knowing myself, if I set these goals of like, I want to hit a hundred subscribers this day, I want to hit or a thousand subscribers this day. If it doesn't happen and that was my big goal that I was working towards, it would crush me. Mm -hmm. it, it would set me back a little bit, but being like, okay, I want to consistently upload this much per week. I can do that. And if I get massive growth off of it, cool. If not, then I have this much content that I can go back and look at and be like, what am I doing incorrectly? What did I do incorrectly through this huge sample size that I could improve upon and maybe it'll work better next quarter? Mm -hmm. I think, I think people just need to get in the habit of like, always i don't want to say the word grinding because i feel like grinding has negative implications but always always trying always trying something new never get to the point where you're just kind of stuck and you don't know what to do so you do nothing uh like if you go back and look at my youtube that's i'm kind of quiet because i'm looking back on my old content 
um, you can see like both in the thumbnails and in the style of content, like shit changes so much. Cause I'm still in that like experiment phase of what you're finding, what works and what doesn't. Um, like what I noticed, one thing is weird is I have these thumbnails that I do sometimes that are like super, I call it like the moist critical thing where it's like, I zoom in on like a funny clickbaity moment of the video and blur it a little bit. And that's it. Like Karen smash got 75 views and it's just like a lady punching a windshield or whatever. Um, or like WAP cover by drunk streamer. And it's just me in a tank top, like leaning back, looking fucked up, got like 78 views. But then it's like, I look at some thumbnails and it's like, they're super nice, like well done on Fiverr. They're professional and they get like half the views. Um, so if something's not working, like you have to change it up. Don't get to the point where you're just pumping shit out just for the sake of pumping shit out if it's not working. Right. That doesn't mean stop stop working, but it means change it up. Because hmm. because YouTube is confusing. I'll say that because like what again, what you think is going to work and what you think is look looks good and the content that you're really proud of and you put a lot of effort into might not actually work like at all. That's something or like I, have, or I have one thumbnail where it's just a picture of Otto's face, right? Just Otto's face. That's it. And then the, the title is mayonnaise steak, 79 views. Well, honestly, I think that uh, that's a good that's a good uh, good point to end on. Cause that mayonnaise gives, steak. well, yes, mayonnaise steak. <laughs> that, that whole concept gives a little bit to think about. And, uh, I might experiment. We can talk about that next week, but anyways, guys, thank you so much for being here. I have to go back to work because like I said, I'm almost 27. I'm a full fledged adult, not just a partial adult. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I appreciate everyone. And uh, we will see you guys next week because we will stop slacking and get back to the consistent uploads. Anyways, I've been Era, the man who Hi. streams in jeans. Over there is Hide Unleashed. Mm -hmm. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.